but it's that simple it is that simple if you don't have a reason i then don't do it because you're either wasting your time or use something that actually has a purpose um i agree Mm, I know you do. Yeah. I know we think, we think very, we think in the same way, Dutchman. Yeah, we do. And um... To the next karma dentistry podcast today we have uh, celine hickton as a guest not to be confused with celine hyden as, as everybody is, is calling her um, uh, i know celine through instagram and i met her last year when i was in london for a course um, today we're going to talk with her about her uh, her dental car- career um, about her social media uh, and before we start our, i uh, want to know from her uh, something about her previous career because before she studied dentistry she actually started architecture uh, and she just uh, told us that she uh, that she dropped out so I would love to know more about it but first thank you for for being here as, as, as our guest thank you for having me thank you for having me this is good this is a real pleasure this is gonna be fun thank you um, yeah, like I was saying, you studied architecture. Um, uh, why did you want to become an architect in the first place? Um, so I did, in, in England we do A-levels, it's like the IB, same equivalent. Um, and I did maths, physics, art and French, because I'm originally Belgian, so the French just was a free one almost. Um, and I just assumed, you know, maths, physics and art was a good combination to make architecture, basically. Um, my school was the type of school where if you said something like doctor, lawyer, architect, they were like, tick, no need to give you advice. Um, I didn't actually think whether I would enjoy it. I just thought it was a good combination. Um, and then when I started doing it, I realized the creative aspect is really abstract. Um, and that's not how my brain is wired. I'm, I am creative, but almost in a mathematical sense, which is how dentistry is creative, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah i mean i was i was determined to be the best architect in the world i really thought i was going to be the next norman foster and then two weeks in i loved all the structural stuff the engineering the science the logic but um the abstract creativity uh-uh. and it's Not very so difficult much, to yeah. force that really so yeah and um um you you dropped out and uh how did you know you wanted to become a dentist was uh, someone in your uh, uh someone in your family or in your group of friends, a dentist? No. So it was a total gut feeling. It was, um, I, so I dropped out and I started thinking about what I want to do. I remember I was at Newcastle University. So my father said, look, I'll drive to Leeds. I'll meet you in Leeds and we can have a crisis talk. And um, so dad was like, well, what, what, you know, when you were a kid, you were really interested in the human body and biology. You know, you were fascinated by it. You love people. You're an artist. You do portraits. Um, have you considered dentistry? And I was like, no. He was like, well, I think it would be quite a good idea. And I thought, yeah, you know, looked into it a bit. Two weeks later, I'd written my personal statement. 
um, to get into university, but I had to go and do extra A-levels. So in England, you need chemistry and biology A-level. Okay. Yeah. So I did them both in a year, um, got into King's and all on a gut feeling. It was a total complete, you know, most people write their statement being like, I've wanted to be a dentist my whole life. Whereas mine was two weeks ago, I thought dentistry would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any hesitations during your, your uh, education, during those five years that you went to King's College? Did you have any, any doubts during uh, your... Not one. Not one. I knew right from the start that it was perfect. I, I mean, I've never been great with lectures. Um, when it comes to practical work, I've always been much better at the practical. Um, but if I'm interested in a subject, I remember it well. So I still managed to come out with honours, even though when it came to kind of lectures and theory, I was a bit more lazy. But I knew from the start, even though the first year was all lectures and everything, that it was just, it was perfect. It was just totally different. It was a totally different feeling. It was that feeling of it didn't, didn't feel like work. It just felt like it felt like a hobby. So yeah. that's when you know it's right, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And mm. you, um, you graduated in 2016. So um, yes. yeah, you're, you're not experienced yet. No, but if you see no. your, your Instagram and, the, and your follower account and the work you're delivering, it's, uh, it's really high level. Um, when did you, um, uh, uh, where did your passion for the, the, the high-end dentistry start, if I say it, cor if, if I say it correct? Um, I think it started at university, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think in, even in first year, we were doing tooth waxing, for example, and uh, the tutors were like, you've got a really good eye for this, you've got good hands. And my whole life, I've done really detailed pencil portraits and stuff, and I think that connection between your brain and your hand is really helpful. It's, it's easy to learn the theory. It's very hard to learn that artistic side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that had always been something that I was going to push myself to always be the best at, if you like. Not the best, but you know what I mean, the best I could be. Yeah. Um, so it definitely started at university. Um, I got a few prizes for practical work and stuff, and I just knew that I could keep pushing the boundaries, basically. Um, but really, it actually started when I when I started my Instagram, when I started discovering how much more was out there. Before Instagram, I was, not to sound arrogant at all, but at university, I was a big fish in a small pond. Whereas suddenly, you, you join in. Out there, you see the work that's being produced, and you go, you know, your bar is here, and suddenly it goes, whoop, all the way up. And yeah. that's where you want to be. And it pushes you. And I know you're the same, Dutchman yeah it's true i know you're all the same to be honest yeah. but yeah. it's the same vibe you see what's out there and you think oh my god i thought i was doing well but wow you know yeah absolutely what i um what i uh said in our introductory podcast uh the first podcast we we published is that um your whole life you have role models and that's mm -hmm. something that i really missed in dentistry when mm -hmm. i was in dental school I didn't know any famous dentist. My the only dentist I knew were the people um, uh, really close to me, um, my colleagues, my teachers. Um, and during dental school, I learned some other dentists, but mm. I didn't know much about them. And when I started my Instagram, and it was in May 2018, so almost mm -hmm. two two years ago, a whole new world opened up for me, and then I saw what was possible. And um, yeah. If it wasn't for Instagram, I wouldn't have known so many people right now and um, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing today. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I can exactly re relate to, to, what you, to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, and um, when you um, graduated, did you directly go into private practice or did you go NHS first? 
No, so in the UK, when you graduate, you need to do a, it's called a vocational training year, VT. Um, so you get placed, you get ranked according to a certain interview um, system, which is um, debatable in terms of how accurate it is. But anyway, you get placed, you rank where you want to go, you get placed according to your ranking, etc. Um, luckily, I did well and I got into London. Um, so you do a training year in an NHS practice where you have a trainer. It's a bit of a lottery in terms of who your trainer is. I've got some friends who had very, very good trainers who were very progressive. Um, and then other people, um, I won't say, but um, where, you know, the trainer wasn't so progressive and really just wanted to kind of stick to old school dentistry, which is quite difficult. I'm quite confident. So I was there questioning the trainer the whole time saying, no, I'm going to do it this way. And he's going, well, no, do it this way. It's easy. I'm like, well, no, I want to use rubber dam, etc. Um, but if you're not that confident, if you're quite shy, then you're just going to listen to your trainer. And it's, it's an interesting system. Anyway, after that, that year, I realized the NHS system is really challenging. It's really, really challenging. Sometimes you can have a patient. I don't know if you understand, if you know the NHS system well or not. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have a patient who needs one crown and you get 12 UDAs. So it's like 120 pounds or a patient who needs one crown, three root canals and 10 fillings. And you still just get 12, 12 UDAs. It's a crazy system. So everyone's under treating, you don't have time to do the treatment properly. Um, so I knew from that point that I, I wanted to get out. So I actually spent my training year where it's the only year in UK when you're on a salary. So I saw that year as my year to get a camera, start taking photos, build a portfolio, build on my skills. Even though my trainer hated me because I was taking like two hours to do a composite, I was doing it to build my portfolio so then I could go get a private job at almost immediately afterwards. Yeah. Which really I did. smart, yeah. Really smart. And uh, did your love uh, for the rubber dam also start then? Um, it kind of, to be honest, it started at university. I was very lucky. Um, my tutors in restorative and clinical skills, um, we were made to use rubber dam for everything. All we did was composite at King's. I placed three amalgams my whole time at King's. Um, but they didn't teach us really how to use it. It was just grab this clamp, grab the dam. Don't. They didn't teach us about hole size or spacing yeah. or anything like that. Um, so it was during my vocational training year, I did um, Thomas Taha's very first course. So his very first composite course was a one day course in 2017. And I'd been following him for a while at this point, And I immediately jumped on it, even though I was still a trainee, because I thought I, I need to learn from this man. Yeah. And that's where I learned about the whole spacing and whole size and things like that. And that's where the real ability to use rubber dam well started. Um, and from that point on, I had a base to build off. Um, he didn't go into much detail about clamp choice and clamp size, which is my backbone now for the way I teach rubber dam. Um, yeah. But most of the stuff, yeah, about whole spacing, all of that detail, I learned through him. And that was, he was the springboard for me, really, I would say. Awesome. And um, you were telling that you were already building a portfolio. Uh, did you also know uh, at which practice you wanted to work or is that still a sort of a lottery? You yeah, just go no, door I, to door and, and yeah, show your portfolio. If I could give any advice to anyone, uh, not I mean uh, whether it's solicited or not, um, I what I did is I, I actually I got a job on Wimpole Street. I was quite lucky. I did that through a job advertisement, but that was just one day a week. Um, so I thought, right, I want to find the right private job for me. Um, so I just spent two days on Google um, going through all of the practices within like a certain mile radius of where I lived 
every single one going through it and thinking, is this right for me? Is it too specialist? Are they going to hire me? No. Is it private, but really good standard and they might hire me? Yes. So I made a short list of 10. Um, I then looked into the staff and the principal and the practice ethos, and I wrote a personalized cover letter to each one tailored to the practice, printed it off. I printed off my CV, printed off my portfolio, put them all in a brown envelope, put the principal's name on, and then I went in person. So I went in person to these 10 practices um, and they weren't advertising for jobs or anything. I just, it was a, a guy called uh, Mehul Patel, Dr. Mehul Patel, who advised me to do this. And when he told me to do it, I thought, that's overkill. Like, come on, you don't need to do that. Um, but I heard back from all 10 and I got job offers from four of them. So, you know, it's, it's the best advice I think I was ever given because otherwise it's very difficult to get a private job. They, they want the experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, I can understand that. Especially if you're just one year out of dental school, then you have to bring something, something extra to the table, mm. uh, to get a job. Um, yeah. uh, now, uh, I already said you have a very successful um, um, Instagram account. Uh, why did you decide to, to start your, your Instagram account? I honestly, I, I, I remember I had been out with some friends and I got home and you know when you're just scrolling through social media and you've probably had a few drinks. And I just thought I was seeing all these photos and I'd started taking lots of photos of my work by this point. And I just thought, Okay, they've got photos up. I've got photos of my work. Like, come on, might as well try. I always, if I see something that I'm not doing that I like the look of, then I always want to try it, if that makes sense. I kind of want to challenge myself and see what I can do with it. So I started it not even knowing what I was going to do. I've got no idea. And by the way, you guys, it takes two seconds to scroll to the bottom of my page. I've got just over 100 posts. Like, the stuff is from training. and started posting cases but it very quickly it very very quickly turned into educational stuff really um because i like the photos i take i i very rarely take before and afters i always forget i'm always taking photos during when something interesting has happened or when i see a really nice matrix or i see a, a nice prep or a margin those are the things i take photos of so those were the photos i was posting so it very quickly turned into a dentistry based instagram rather than patients yeah yeah, that's also a, a clear distinction you need to make because you see yeah. some uh, pages that are uh, that are uh, uh, clearly for the patient. So only mm. before and after, no bloody photos or rubber dam. No or rubber dam. No, no, no prep teeth. Uh, and some are just for dentists with uh, explaining mm. every step. But as you're telling, you're you're not always documenting from A to Z. You're just yeah. you have your camera next to you, and when you see something interested just snap the picture and see exactly. where it goes. I think that's why it's been successful as well. I, I mean, you, you were asking me just the other day, like yeah. how, how did it boom? I was like, I honestly, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know how it happened. Um, but then I was thinking about it and I remember saying to you when I started really going into, I wasn't explaining how I was doing cases. None of my posts explain a case from start to finish. They just explain like a tiny little aspect of it yeah. and little things like, um, you know, when you're trying to put a, um, a circumferential matrix over a, over a tooth that's got a crack cusp and it's really deep and you're trying to push it down and it's, it's, if, it's, if it's like solid, then it's trapped on the enamel. If it's spongy, then it's down properly. And if it's solid, then just use a probe and push it down. And I remember doing that thinking, oh God, that makes life so much easier. Cool, I'll do a post about that. Um, and it's, I don't think it, you know, there's this whole contentious issue of, are you giving away too much? Are you giving away all of your tips and tricks? Are you giving away everything you know? And I, God, no. But if there's something that's so useful that I, I discover myself, I'm like, 
God, I've gone, you know, five years of dentistry without doing this. And I've just discovered it by accident, like the way I invert the dam with the sickle probe. Yeah. I discovered that by accident because my nurse hadn't put a flat plastic out. So I just started using the, the, the curved straight probe. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, can, you can see the journey you've made through your Instagram post. You, as you said, they're not hundreds, like, 100 of 80, yeah like yeah so, no it's like 110 there's nothing <laughs> uh but you can see a, a journey you make and mm. they're they're beautiful from the beginning but you can see it, it becomes more aesthetically pleasing mm. it's, it's like mm -hmm. like like a piece of art some of your rubber dam pictures mm -hmm. that are so clean and so uh so i can i can imagine you 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 take some more time and, and effort for your pictures right now yeah, I also just know, I know, firstly, I did Minesh's course, Minesh Patel, his photography course is fantastic. The guy's a genius um, in every way. He's, he's not just a, you know, cameraman, he's, a, he's an artist. Um, I was taking pretty decent photos before then, just through experimenting. But then once I did that course, I really learned a lot more. But now, because I place rubber down so much, and I take photographs all the time, like, I'm just, I've just had much more practice, I guess, experience is coming in. Um, when I just started, you know, things were still slightly going wrong sometimes. I was not so comfortable with the camera. I was thinking that just the other day, this week, before the start of this week, I'd never done a webinar or a live Zoom or anything like that. And then suddenly this week, like I've learned how to do lighting in a live demo and stuff. And you kind of learn that the more you do something, the better you get at it. So now I know the recipe to take like a really nice shot and, uh, you know, to put, to make the dam look pretty and stuff like that. You just need to learn to record your webinars because I missed it and I was very, uh, you, you didn't record <laughs> it, right? No, so uh. loads of people are saying this and it was really, it was really funny because I, um, I, the webinar on my, on Tuesday, the one in the UAE, the conference, um, loads of people were asking for a recording. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to find one. And I put a post up about it and um, Miguel Ortiz message saying, don't do it. Like you can't give away all of your information for free. Like people will take, 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 take. And he does have a point, yeah. I think, in that sense as well. And I said, so the webinar yesterday with Rizal, he said he was going to upload it to his YouTube. And um, I actually asked him not to because I gave away so much information in that live. And obviously people can't see it sometimes because they've got other commitments, but some people, I had one message, some guy said, I got, I got caught up doing DIY. Do you have a recording? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Um, but no, I will do more. There is some more in the pipeline and I always announce them and stuff um, on the stories, but I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like recording, especially like Martin, you've got a rubber dam course. Like if you're doing a demo, you're literally yeah. giving away all of Absolutely. how you do it, it's, right? it's it's also something that i struggle with a lot because right now um uh, we have some new um um regulations in holland um yeah they uh, every dentist they uh, want you they want them to use rubber dam right now uh, because of the article uh, that said that it will um, um the aerosols there are mm. if you use rubber dam they are less likely to be um uh, contaminated yeah, contaminated with with blood and saliva mm -hmm. and, and 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 virus particles. Mm -hmm. um, so what they're saying now, we 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 would like you to use rubber dam as much as possible, and also for your preparation, not only mm -hmm. for the restoration. So mm -hmm. I think the rubber dam course can be can go uh, really big. Mm -hmm. uh, we can really grow, but 
then again, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit in doubt what I should do. Should I uh, try to, to seize the moment, put, put as much out there as possible and show everybody uh, what they can expect when they come to my course? But uh, mm-hmm. the, the downside is that I'm giving away information. And that's a struggle mm-hmm. I think you always have. But if you don't give away anything, people won't even know you exist. No, and right exactly, now, exactly. you did the you did the you did the the the, the live on on Instagram, and mm. it can also be a boost for your course because people think, "Wow, she knows a lot." I would like to mm. go to her to her course, and they sign up through it. So yeah, it's always yeah, it's it's I'm I'm always d- uh, doubting it. And also mm. in my in my in, in my Instagram post, as I was as I was saying to to you earlier, that. Um, sometimes i want to give a huge explanation and i think okay should i give it away or should i um uh, make it more exclusive for a course Mm. or a lecture uh and then i just write direct composite instead of (laughs) yeah lazy (laughs) yeah absolutely so it's yeah Yeah. it's 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 always a struggle but people need Mm. need to need to need to know you people need to see you so yeah yeah. Definitely, there's a balance. That's why I think I've got I've gone down the tips route rather yeah. than going through a whole case and how I've done the whole case. I like to yeah. give isolated tips because that way people are forced to really think. For me, the whole purpose of my Instagram now and the webinars I've done is to get people thinking. The one I did on Tuesday, yeah. the lecture in um, the UAE, um, I actually didn't show much about rubber dam. There's a five minute video of me the, putting it on at yeah, the end. It was about the why, right? Exactly. Yeah. It was it was to get people thinking because the, the way I started teaching myself rubber dam was I, I started working in a practice. Uh, so the private practice on Wimpole Street and there, there wasn't much rubber dam equipment there at all. So I've just come out of my training year and I realized I want to use lots of rubber dams. So I had to order the equipment. So I'm there with the, the ordering manual thinking, well, why do I want that clamp over that clamp? Why do I want these four steps over these ones? So I started I was forced to think about it. And because yeah. I was thinking about it, I then started thinking, oh, that clamp will be better on a square tube. That clamp will be better on an upper seven, you know. Um, so the webinar I was giving was just all about that, just trying to get people to think about why they're doing something. You know, if you just grab any old clamp because it's the first one in the drawer and you can't answer, if you ask yourself everything you use, every material, every piece of equipment, if you ask yourself, why am I using this? And you don't have an answer to it, then you're letting yourself and your patient down. In my book, the book I'm yeah. a purist. But... Yeah. Is that simple? It is that simple. If you don't have a reason, I then don't do it because you're either wasting your time or use something that actually has a purpose. Um, no. I agree. Mm, I know you do. Yeah, I know we think we think very <laughs> we think in the same way, Dutchman. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and um, the 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 lecture on Tuesday was actually your first lecture, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a nice international lecture to start with. It was awesome. Um, so I did, obviously I've lectured on my course, but I've only yeah. done the one course and it was 18 people and I can see their faces. Um, whereas the one on Tuesday was also, I was only asked about 36 hours beforehand or something. This, yeah, I rang you being like, help. Yeah. Should I, do it or not? <laughs> <laughs> I just felt totally out of my depth because I've never done one before. Um, but it went really well. And I think the, the, the message of getting people to really think about things and don't settle for good enough, don't say that'll do. Because when you do, Stoltz Law, the clamp will fly off, the matrix won't fit, the composite will have a ledge, you know, as soon as you say that's good enough. So. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. And um, um, uh, you've also done some biomimetic training last September, right? With Matt Yes. Up. 
Yes. Um, uh, do you find it hard to incorporate that in, in, your daily, in, your, in your daily routine? Not at all. Only because I'm in the habit of whenever I've learned something new to force myself to book extra time with patients. And I've been doing that since my training year. So okay. whether it was learning how to do rubber dam or learning how to do cut an onlay or learning how to do really complicated, massive composites on wisdom teeth. Um, if it's a complicated case or I'm doing something new, I'll book literally double the amount of time I need. I don't do that for every patient, but I'll have like one patient a week or two patients a week where I'll do yeah. it. So after Matt's course, I bought everything. He said, you know, get, I got the ultrasonic bath. I got like the warm air dryer. I got like all of the different bonds and everything. And I was like, I'm going to do this by, by the book. Um, I had an, I've got an aqua care now. Um, I have no money because of all of this. Uh, <laughs> but I got it out all and I thought, right, as soon as I've done this course, obviously, as you know, biomimetics, there's so many steps to it. There's so much to it. Absolutely. You've got to do it right. And you, but you've also got to do it fresh off learning. If you, if you leave a few months, then you'll forget like, Oh, how long do I air dry my prime for? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just booked extra time. Um, and I was at first, I was only doing it when I, when I was doing preps that I was doing them kind of very biomimetically. But now um, every, everything I cut is, is aquacared. Everything is, is immediate dentine seals. Um, and by booking the extra time with those patients, it takes nothing to incorporate it. Yeah. Um, even though it's dead. There was a bit of a lag on the line, but I, uh, but I heard what you're, what, you're, what you're saying. And um, how is your assistant dealing with it? Um, because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know from self-experience that when I book extra time, they usually start, oh, here he goes again. Yeah, I am so, so lucky. Both of my assistants, all three of them actually. So there's one who I've been working with now for over two years and she is so passionate about dentistry. She gets so excited when she sees a new way of doing something. When I bring in a new piece of equipment, which happens probably once a week, she's like, Ooh, what's this for? Ooh, what's this new flash system? She gets so excited. So I run through everything with her before and she learns so quickly. And then she goes and runs all the other, she goes and like tells the other dentists in the practice, like, Ooh, we did this this way. It was so exciting. And it's great because it kind of spreads the vibe with her. She, she, you almost gets, she's almost not excited if I'm doing the same thing all the time. Like she's a bit like, come on, Celine, what's the next thing now? Um, so yeah, having a good, having that is a blessing. because I can imagine if it was the other way, it would be impossible. She'd want to shoot yeah. me in the head. <laughs> great. <laughs> and, uh, and you said you, you bought all the stuff yourself. Um, are you self-employed uh, at your work? Yes. So in the UK, all dentists are self-employed. So you, you pay a certain percentage of what you earn. Um, yeah. It's between normally 50, 60% of what you earn goes to your uh, practice principal. And that's your rent essentially, but that covers your materials or equipment. But yeah. the way I look at it, it covers that to a realistic point. Like biomimetic dentistry is not cheap dentistry to do. As a result of this, I, my, you know, I've said that my, my costs have, have gone up. My prices have gone up. Um, my principal's fine with that because of the quality of the dentistry that's okay. coming out. Yeah. But if it's buying like an ultrasonic cleaner or an aquacare or like three different types of matrix system, then to be honest, I'm happy to buy it myself because I realize that is way above and beyond what most dentists will do and what most bosses expect to pay for. But I think maybe I'm a bit rare like that. I don't know. Uh, um, uh, if I can, yeah, if I compare myself to your situation, uh, mm. uh, I am also self-employed. Mart is starting his his 
his own practice right now mm-hmm. but uh until now awesome. he, he was he was also self self-employed and yeah. um um i buy a lot when i mm. hear something is better i buy it if i uh, want a new matrix system i buy it but mm. i'm also very lucky with the practices i uh, i work at because when i say i've just discovered this material if i discovered this they will almost always also buy yeah. it so i'm the same that's that's really nice and luckily i don't have to make the investment for an aquacare myself they yeah. bought it for me um, yeah. but yeah it's it's it becomes a really expensive yeah. hobby that mm-hmm. sometimes at the end you're m- maybe even paying for it than earning from it i was paying for it i'd say the yeah. year the year after i mean this is a big admission but i didn't pay any tax at all the year after i graduated because my spending completely <laughs> cancelled out <laughs> my earning <laughs> shocking right that's not a lie you can ask my accountant but the the materials thing this is why i think it's so important to be working in the right practice for you because i mean my aqua care i'm really lucky i was actually given that um by i, I he told me not to tell anyone that, I, that he gave it to me but it was his, it was his old one so he gave it to me uh he's he's great um but in terms of like bond for example when i came back from max course using sc protect um yeah. my principal started using it and has really enjoyed it and enjoyed all the ids stuff and so now she's saying yes that's all we're going to buy she wants to get all the lmrt yeah. instruments you know um yeah. whereas if you're working in a practice where your principal or your boss isn't like-minded then you will end up probably spending a lot of money but also time and stress on convincing them that the way you do your dentistry is acceptable no. Well, that yeah, should be your boss then. If if you have to exactly. convince him about the quality, yeah. then his yeah. moral is not right for dentistry. I think if you want exactly. to make shortcuts on quality by yeah. buying cheaper materials, mm-hmm. but that exists a lot, doesn't it? There are a yeah, lot of people out there who are in yeah. the business. So if you're a dentist like us, who is all about it for the quality and for improving their work and improving their work for their patients, but also for them and being progressive, then you just cannot find yourself in a practice where the boss is more business minded. It's not saying that the boss is necessarily wrong. I mean, I would never do dentistry in those ways, but some people are minded different ways. But if you're not in the right practice for you in terms of fit, get out quick. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, we had discussion today actually about, about the meaning of biomimetic dentistry and we've I remember we've, you taught me that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we we've said it before in in these podcasts and these web webinars biomimetics is a is a fancy term but actually mm. it's just restorative dentistry done right and mm. i i cannot say it enough and um it's okay if people cut cut corners um um and sometimes it's because they they don't know it and mm-hmm. that and that's that's fine um but for me um it doesn't happen and it can't happen i always want to want to want to excel and mm-hmm. do the best that i can do for that for that patient um and sometimes it can be difficult with with the practice you you work in because you are taking longer than your colleagues mm-hmm. or um, people don't understand why you take that much time or do what you do uh, but once you ed- educate them, they uh, hopefully will also get that vibe, uh, and they will start doing it. And what you were saying is that you um, uh, you buy something, you show them how amazing it is, and then they do the investment themselves. So yeah. actually, it's a really good investment because uh, in the end, you're not paying for it all the time. You just pay for it once or twice, and then 
uh, once they get to know it, they uh, know it's it's good, and they want to go uh, mm. go go further with it. And that's yeah, that's something I can relate to. And I don't know if Mart can can relate to that as as well in his practice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just wondering, do you go you go buy your own PTFE yourself, your own Teflon in the how do you call it, the construction shop or? My nurse does that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, PTFE my practice buys for me, which is nice. Right. I did okay. I did order a blue one from America because I thought it was I think cool. that's the most cheapest material. Yeah, it's like sixty for biomedic dentistry. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. They don't yeah. actually believe me when I go to the to the cashier and, and I, I say that I'm a dentist, I need this for my words. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then they're like, Why are you charging us so much money if this is what you're doing and filling yeah. with? And you're like, Well, there's a bit more to it. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that's why i say on, on my course i've got this my my motto good enough is never good enough and um like what you're saying there martin like if you know that you're kind of cutting corners or you basically i you and i all three of us here will never let ourselves cut corners because there's no way we're ever going to look at a prep or a matrix that's on wrong and think ah that'll do ah that's good enough we're just not mind we're not we're not wired that way but there's an exception to this rule for me. Like there are always going to be time and financial constraints. I was saying on Tuesday, if you're in deepest, darkest Africa, you know, you can't be doing biomimetic dentistry in many of those places, you know, that they, they need to be doing amalgams and stuff. And that's the best for them. That's, that is good enough. But yeah. if you're in a position where we three are, where you can, you've got this plethora of materials, you've got patients willing to have this treatment and pay for it, then to settle for good enough isn't, isn't good enough, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I I had a question in mind, but I totally forgot it. Uh, uh, so I have to think about it again. Then. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Marcus has something to to ask right now. Uh, so I'm just scrolling again through your Instagram page, and I see you're making those uh, amazing temporaries where you uh, yeah. make you make like a partial. Um, uh, for for like a, a crown you make a, a with Phenomenal. a putty and a, and, a, and a flowable and you put teflon in between for the contacts mm -hmm. uh, you you shrink um, mm -hmm. fit them yeah the um, do you do any like spot edge with that as well no or? it works so well i actually had a patient who had that his temporary on for six weeks the other day he decided to go on holiday and just disappeared and um, it works, it just works so, so well, but you've got to make sure, so the putty matrix has to be super accurate. So many people just get a lump of putty and put it on the tooth, but you've got to have a tray, you've got to have the light body, because the whole idea is it's shrinking onto the tooth. So when you take the matrix off, you're not taking the temporary off, it's there, it's on, and it's never mm -hmm. coming off. So it needs to be super accurate. But the, um, a lot of people do that anyway. I know they just leave it there, but then they leave loads of excess in the interproximal yeah. area. Yeah. So by putting PTFE in there and then taking it out, you've got a space to clean. It, they just work, they work so well. And then the fit appointment, I literally ping with an excavator and they come off every time. Right. It's incredible. Very smart. Um, what I wanted to ask was about your course because you, mm. uh, uh, you did a course. Um, uh, and are you planning to do more courses in the, in the future? Yes, yes. I, I was, I mean, I've had over 200 people um, sign up really um, for registration for it, which is a crazy amount. Um, it's, also, it's incredible. Um, there's a lot of interest in rubber dam now, and I think there will be even more. Um, I was planning on doing about one course a month this year, but then yeah. obviously I took my little uh, break. <laughs> 
from dentistry and uh, not from dentistry, but from all the extracurricular yeah. dentistry. Um, so I put all of that on hold. Um, I was already started up again this year, but obviously this whole pandemic crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but absolutely for sure. Yeah. People are so keen to learn about it. And it's Thanks. now, now, as you know, all the hard work is setting it up. All the hard work is finding the venue, sorting the contracts, sorting the food, sorting the equipment, sorting all that. Once that's done, once you've done your first one, the work is done and you can just roll it over. Yeah. Essentially. Absolutely. Mm. And um, uh, because uh, on your course, uh, you don't use any typodons. You have mm -hmm. actual uh, students from, uh, students from uh, King's College, right? They can attend yeah. for free uh, if, mm -hmm. they are the, if they are the subject that your uh, yeah. delegates can train yeah, their program on. I call them my human phantom heads. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's, it works really well. And the amount of students who signed up to do that as well, and they're getting LA, they're getting clamped. You know, it, it's it, they're getting real rubber down. But in, in my experience, in my in my opinion, they get to attend the whole course, so they they have all the teaching. Because as you know, rubber dam is not just about putting it on; it's all about the patient preparation, knowing mm -hmm. the benefits, knowing all of this stuff. There's a lot of theory to it, so they get to do all of that, network with dentists, but also experience what it's like to be injected. A lot of people don't have fillings these days; they've never had an injection. Um, but experience what it's like to have the rubber dam on, um, see it being done. And then some of them got to practice on each other as well. So some of them, honestly, you should have seen it. Fourth year students isolating like eight to three, like perfectly. It was incredible. So to awesome. learn those skills before yeah. you've even graduated, it's awesome. And then yeah, all the amazing. delegates yeah. then get to practice on a patient. It's it's win-win really. But yeah, it's absolutely. heavily complicated. It makes it much more complicated. I can understand. And you're also really dependent on finding enough human phantom, phantom heads. Mm. I had over 100 sign up though. I mean, okay. they literally went mad for it. I mean, King's is a really big university. There's okay. 160 students in each year, which is lucky. Yeah, that's um, a lot. But yeah, for yeah. sure. That's, that's, that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's about the, the amount we have in the, in the Netherlands, I guess, per year. Yeah. Yeah yeah so that, that's a big difference yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. okay but great no, it, yeah it worked it worked well it, it it makes it much more complicated in terms of consent in terms of uh insurance in terms of things like that um much more complicated but it also i think opens the market just a little bit because there'll be some dentists who potentially don't want to have rubber dam put on them i don't know um but for me the most valuable thing was just the undergraduates actually learning all of that stuff before they even leave. They then won't need to go on my course, so I'm kind of cutting out my market a bit. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then again, they can they can uh, do a good word for you, and uh, other people will uh, will find your course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's I I think you're the same as well, Martin. I'm I in terms of course, I I don't know. I'm I'm not that business minded. I'm just really really passionate about dentistry and. And I want other people to be as passionate as I am in terms of thinking about it. Um, so the course, the whole point of it was that. Um, so in terms of kind of the marketing, the money aspect, it's all just kind of happening so far by chance. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at that stuff. <laughs> are you the same? Like, do you, do you put much thought into the actual marketing and the business aspect? Or are you kind um, of channeling the passion? Um, mostly the passion. Um, yeah. I've done... Uh, three official courses now mm. i had to cancel four now and yeah. i still have four a bit on hold yeah. for now uh, i was planning to do one each month as well mm. 
Um, but um, at first it was all about the passion, making sure that I have a, have a great course that is just the way I, 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 mm. I want it, that it's in my opinion good. And uh, like you said, once you've done one or twice, um, mm. you know your course stands and then you can do some minor tweaks just to mm. just just to make it a bit better but uh, but the whole framework is there and i've noticed that um the marketing uh, is coming a, a, a bit more because uh, right now uh, at the end of next month i will uh, i will uh, stop working one day in, in the in the mm. week just to focus more on uh, the extra uh, curricular dentistry so instagram mm. uh, lectures courses mm. also karma um, so um, uh, then you need to think ab about it from a business aspect uh, mm -hmm. as well because i'm um, i'm earning less because i'm working less and then yeah. i need to get something yeah. that 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 also makes uh, makes money um yeah. But yeah, also the the video that I have of my course. I don't know if you've seen it. it was it's on incredible. A... It's incredible. I've 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 had one. I'm editing one for my course at the moment. So you're this is the first time you've released it before me. Do you remember each time when we released the course, like yeah. I released mine like a week before, and you're like, "Damn it!" Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you've just released your marketing video, and I was there editing mine. I saw yours. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and, and it's incredible Martin. Yeah, and, it's incredible and I did, honestly um, I, I, thank you I, I wanted to have that video uh, of course as marketing but also mm. just for myself as a really nice end product <laughs> of, private viewing yeah it's, 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 but it's just something that you can be proud of it's something that you've accomplished yeah. it's something that, that, that you have built from the start it's, it's your mm. baby mm. Um, and yeah yeah, of course. So yeah, it's it's always the passion and, uh, yeah. and the money comes uh, comes after. That's so my father said that to me years ago. He said, "Look, if you're good at what you do and you enjoy it, then you'll be much more successful than you ever would have been if you're focused on the money." Yeah. And it's just so true. It's so true. I've never for one second been focused on the money in dentistry. And I put it, I mean, I'm not making lots of money now, but in terms of career progression, I think things are getting quite exciting and it's just all through passion and enjoyment. That's right. it. It's not through thinking about, I, I'm not planning. I wasn't planning to do lectures. I'm not planning to do webinars, not planning to do any of it, but if you're passionate and you're, um, yeah, you enjoy it. It's so important. I think that sums up the whole karma philosophy and what we mm. want to express to other dentists and inspire them to, to do the kind of dentistry that you do where you, you put the quality at first and, and, and mm. then, think about the money you, it's, it's something you have to think about exactly because it's also yeah sorry carry on uh, uh, but uh, like you said uh, it's, it's 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 the most important thing so just want to mm. say yeah i think it's it's also there's um we were taught at dental school i don't know if you were taught the same thing under promise over deliver we were taught that all the time under promise over deliver and i think these days if you treat dentistry as too much of a business and you focus too much on the brand and stuff like that then you run the risk of actually over promising and under delivering because you're not focusing enough on the the work being good or whatever you know what i mean yeah. so you can make your life very stressful as a dentist i think the the, the most stress-free dentistry is where you're focusing on getting your dentistry really good so i know whenever my patients come in i'm and this isn't me being arrogant but i know that i will surpass their expectations in terms of the work i will and and that's a really nice place to be in whereas if you focused a lot on the business aspect and your marketing and getting your name out there and getting lots of patients in there, but not enough on the work, 
then sometimes maybe you have the mentality that actually, oh, you're not going to hit your patient's expectations. They might expect too much. And I can imagine that being really stressful. I don't know. I just think it's so important to focus on on the basics in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, you're I think you're way more satisfied when you when you've done a nice case, mm. you've had a happy patient, than when you've earned uh, the double double the amount that you've earned it the day before. Yeah, exactly. Oh. No, exactly. Oh. Um, yeah, fire away. What questions you got now? What are you waiting? Uh, sorry, there was a, again a, li a little lag on the uh, connection. Um, on the connection, it's probably my Wi-Fi. Am I blurry? <laughs> I've been blurry in no. every single <laughs> Instagram, every live. single thing. And what's so frustrating is this is the week where I was like, you know what? I'm going to finally get my face out there. People are going to see what I look like because I've been hiding my whole my whole Instagram career, and everything has been blurry. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> okay, I think someone's telling me just to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice um uh, well actually i think i've asked everything uh, i wanted to ask uh, i don't know if mart have any questions do you have any questions for us right now um where do you see karma going like what's your obviously you've told me why you started it and stuff but yeah. where do you see it going in a few years time like what's the, the vibe um uh, for people that don't know why it started i will uh, i will sum it up again um uh, karma is an initiative uh with five young dentists and we're all around the same age uh we're all in the same um, um uh, we're all doing the same we're all focused mm. on res on restorative dentistry yeah uh, and we all want to do something with teaching and um, uh, show people our passion. Mm. Um, so we can all run our own course separately, but we are way stronger if we connect and we can mm. make a, a really nice course uh, because we can, we, can, we can profit from each other, from each other's yeah. knowledge, from each other's network. So um, that's why we started it. And uh, actually by chance, uh, due to the Corona crisis, we decided to do it in this way because mm. it was intentionally just meant to be courses or lectures in, uh, starting in January 2021. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were home for the last six weeks, so we started. We we need. Uh, we thought we need to do something with it, and that's when mm. we started to uh, to um, uh, do the podcast, do the webinars, uh, and already kind of building the brand. Uh, yeah. but just make people enthusiastic about um, um, uh, the things we uh, we would like to share with them mm. um, and what I hope um, like I said I'm going to work one day less uh, in my ideal world I would work three to four days in the office uh, treating patients and one or two days a week teaching other people because I've always enjoyed teaching. Um, when I was in uh, high school and uh, university, I played field hockey. Uh, I always was a coach then. I always wanted to coach people. And it's just something that's, that's, that's in, my, in my nature. So I always want to, um, want to inspire people. And I'm always enthusiastic about everything I do. If it's... Yeah. Um, if it's field hockey, if it's soccer, if it's cycling, if it's um, rubber dam, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If it's photography, uh, yeah. when I set my mind to something, I wanna, uh, mm. I wanna excel at it and do it the best as I can. And teaching mm. is just That's a part really of that, and and uh, and uh, show people your enthusiasm and hopefully 
uh, get them uh, also enthusiastic to do mm -hmm. the same. Pass it um, forward, pass, pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I hope it will bring that we get to, get to do a lot of nice events mm. where we can where we can teach people what we what we know and just connect with people and share our experiences. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm so sure it will. Honestly, there's if, if when people get into teaching because they love teaching, you we we are so similar. Um, <laughs> But when you get into teaching and you're, you've got a passion like you guys do and you put your minds together, you guys are going to create something magical here. You're going to inspire so many. And it's, I mean, we were talking about Instagram and how we've all been inspired by so many on Instagram. Oh. And it's just you, you guys are setting up a platform to then be able to pay that forward. It's just incredible. It's awesome. Yeah, I think that's my biggest, biggest goal for Karma is just inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I, I, I'm a dentist now for like 12 and a half, 13 years and it, uh, I didn't always like dentistry doing mm. when you, but the biggest change came for me when I started using rubber dam and I did the isolation and I, uh, uh, I started doing biomimetic dentistry yeah. and then it, it kind of uh, chills. It, there's no stress anymore. And you can, it, it, right. there's so much, so much more room for, uh, for uh, doing uh, the, the stuff you need to do in, in a very, uh, stressless way and mm -hmm. I, I like that and I would like to uh, give that to other people that, that kind of inspiration to show them how dentistry can be fun again uh, mm, exactly. instead of uh, stress and mm -hmm. uh, uh, doing difficult stuff but making them easy for yourself by yeah. do, using a rubber dam and using uh, different kind of techniques so yeah Thomas Taha, he calls it robot mode. Um, and it's, it's, it is that. It's, it's dentistry is really difficult. Dentistry is really difficult. It's really challenging. And what makes it worse is you've got a human being at the end of that challenge. Yeah. And that human being is a volatile creature and they're probably scared and they're nervous and they might bite you. So that whole package makes dentistry intrinsically stressful. So if you can make your environment constant, if you can create the same thing again and again, if you can work in the same methodic way again and again, using rubber dam, using the same approaches, using biomimetics, step by step, it's just so, it makes it so much easier. And then when it's easier, you can then take on much more challenging cases and do them much better. So your dentistry can excel by taking on techniques like rubber dam and biomimetics, I think, I believe anyway. Yeah, you're completely, completely true. Mm. Love that. Well, I would like to end uh, uh, the podcast uh, now. I would really like to thank you uh, for being with us as a guest. It was nice talking to you, to, to you again. Um, if it wasn't for the corona crisis, we would, we would have seen each other next week at, at Thomas Tai, his course. I know, I but know. He, yeah, unfortunately, he had to post, postpone uh, till after summer. So hopefully he will uh, schedule uh, another date. Um, he better. Thomas, yeah. if you're listening... <laughs> <laughs> guys it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to be here thank you so much for for asking me on um yeah it's been it's been an honor a real honor you guys are going to do something incredible here it's, well you're already doing something incredible but i see really fun things with this thank you all right thank you thank you very much people thank should you. really check your instagram yeah page. we will I, we will put it we'll put a link yeah. and just absolutely visit your instagram page it's beautiful you make beautiful <laughs> pictures Thank you, guys. All Thanks. right. <laughs>